This episode of UK Low Carb Podcast is sponsored by Deliciously Guilt Free. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to UK Low Carb. This is a very special series because I'm joined by Keto Kev and Keto Kev's going to tell us about his new course he's got. Hi guys, I'm Kev Mason, uh, aka Keto Kev, and I'm here to tell you about a great opportunity that you can undergo when you take my Keto Health course. So join us each week where Kev and I will be going through different key areas that he'll be teaching in his course, and you can find out how to enroll if you want to find out more. It'll be every single Tuesday, and at the end of this series, we also have a live Q&A where you can ask him anything you like, and we'll put that on the podcast for you to listen to as well. So it's about time we get into the series, Keto Health. Hello everyone, welcome back to UK Low Carbs. This is another Tuesday episode and for the last couple of weeks I've been talking to Keto Kev and he's been going through what he calls his key to health um, and of course it's based on the keto diet so it's keto, K-E-Y-T-O. I will get that right in the fourth episode hopefully Kev um, but he's, he's come back again today to talk about his third, his third topic and that is health. So, hi, Kev. Welcome back to the show. Yep. Glad to be back again. Good. We're not really gone away yet, have we? So, <laughs> we're just three in a row. That's why my words are all falling out of my mouth sideways and upside down and everywhere. So, this is all based on your course that, you're, that you've launched, and people can go and do the course themselves. We'll tell you at the end how you can do that. And this is like a little bit of a taster, isn't it, of each of those different sort of four core areas. So, yeah. health then... This is quite a, a broad word, really, doesn't it? It covers a lot of yeah. stuff. So what are we talking about with regards to health? So I break down um, a lot of in their health is like, um, like, like we've said before, people do keto for their own ways and um, they focus on things like weight loss. But what we should be focusing on is the health, our health, our ultimate health, um, so that we can lose weight and that we can be fit. So yeah, health is like a word that you can, you know, you can't really, it, it, it's very broad. So what I do is I look at things like um, the plant toxins, like lectins, oxalates and things like that, and the negative effects that they can have on the body. I'll also introduce you to things like a low lectin diet as well. So like doing keto with a low amount of lectins or low amount of oxalates as well. Um, like we've touched on before in previous episodes, we talk about gluten and we go really in depth into what gluten is. Gluten ataxia as well, um, which is actually something that can damage the brain, which is pretty harmful for children as well. Um, which is why I say that we shouldn't be eating gluten and definitely children shouldn't be eating gluten as well because it can attack the cerebellum, which is the, um, at the, at the back of the head, um, which I had a chat with my kids today actually about, um, and I'll go into that and how it can damage the brain and dis and, and disturb cognitive function. Um, and it's also um, uh, going on a gluten-free diet just for one, just to add uh, to, to take away gluten out of the diet has actually been um, had an improvement on children for things that you know, children that have like ADHD or ADD or something because they've diagnosed misdiagnosed with ADHD when actually it's gluten ataxia, which is now not a recognised. Um, uh, disease or anything like that um <clears throat> but it is prevalent in the world so we talk about nightshades and uh the dangers of nightshades um or not the dangers but you know like how we can avoid you know the, the things like that then i'm going to touch a little bit on diabetes um just a little bit i'm not going to go into too much depth um, but I'm just going to highlight the things that are that keto is good for health-wise like diabetes we're also going to talk about or i'm going to point out some interesting facts about lipedema and if you don't know what lipedema is 
then um, have a have a look online about it for a, a you know a good thing a, a, a good um, website. But basically, lipedema is like the excess buildup of 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 fat, and it can happen to men, but it's more prevalent in women. And I see lipedema a lot, and it's basically if you are eating too many lectins, too much wheat as well. Um, and grains and processed vegetable oils. And um, you're more likely to get a condition called lipedema. And it's basically um, more cellulite. It's in that kind of direction. You know, when you see on the back of a lady's legs where she's got those little dimples, that's. I, I don't look, Kev. <laughs> okay. I, I do. <laughs> I, do I, just, I look and, and I think of people's bodies and I think, oh, yeah, that person's got lipidema. No, I don't. Um, so, yeah, that can be lipidema is when you look on the back of the legs or something like that and there's those little dimples. That's lipidema. So, I go into things right. like that. Um, also, touching on health, you know, we need to look into things like fasting because we fast for health reasons. Um, we don't fast for weight loss. We fast for rejuvenating cells. We fast for longevity and stuff like that. We don't want to be looking at fasting as a tool for weight loss, but for health and, um, you know, to, to extend our life expectancy as well. Um, we touch on the thyroid, which is an important part of the human body, especially for weight regulation as well. Um, and what you could avoid to, if you've got a damaged, uh, thyroid, or in fact, if you've had your thyroid removed, because that's also something that you can have, um, you know, what we can do there. And then I'm going to touch briefly, which is, um, something that I've added recently is environmental toxins, which isn't, what you eat but it's definitely things that come in contact with your body when it's things like um, washing detergents you know like um, gasoline you know, like petrol diesel those kind of things other carcinogens lipsticks sunblock things that we, we were told to wear sunscreen or whatever um, and, and all those kind of things and how they can actually damage your health as well and we're putting all these kind of things on our body um, you know, like ladies are putting on cream and makeup and stuff like that. They don't know what's in the ingredients. Um, they don't know what kind of petroleum or, or, or anything like that is in them. So it's really important to look at these kind of topics as well. And, and that's where we're kind of moving away a little bit from the food aspect of things. And we're looking at um, things that we put other things because our skin absorbs things. So we need to make sure that what we put on our skin is equally as good as what we eat. And that's pretty wow. much how we bring it down. Wow. So, so this really is about like how we can sort of, I suppose we're poisoning ourselves with things yeah. on a regular basis without even knowing. And you, and you might think your food is really good. You might think you're really working out really well, yep. but you yep. might actually be exposing yourself to some other things, which actually are not good for you at all. So, right. okay, let's jump. You what, sorry, mate? Environmental toxins are something that you really need to be wary of, be, be aware of. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, if you look at them nowadays, you're talking about really 100 years or so of exposure. That's not very long, is it? Um, so my wife, my wife went really big on the environmental toxin side of things when she was pregnant, because actually that's where DGS started as well, because we we're trying to make she had gestational diabetes. So we're trying to make yeah. cakes and things <laughs> that she could actually eat. But she became very aware of toxins. She said, you know what, like, there are so many like phthalates in plastic. And, you know, they, they like have... Oh, is it BPA free? Some some things for like for kids, but then it's not BPA free for adults. So why why would that be okay for us to have it if babies can't have it? <clears throat> and she said, but that's just one chemical. There's loads of chemicals that you know. I'm sure one day you'll find out they've been in plastic, and you've been drinking from them, warming up your food in them, yeah, having your exactly. takeaways coming in the plastic containers, and yeah. what are you actually putting in your body that you don't even realize is actually contaminating your food? 
Yeah, it's like these um, these uh, xenoestrogens that are going to cause diabetes and cancer that are in BPAs and BPSs, um, and they're in the you know they they're going to cause cancer behavioral disorders as well. Um, they can cause behavioral disorders among children. Um, it's not they're not good. You shouldn't be eating that out of these stuff. And it blows my mind the amount of people that I see on American TV shows that are eating out of plastic containers and stuff like that. And it, and it's like I, I can't fathom why they don't you know why they still do it. Yeah, and it, it's everywhere though, isn't it? So even if you go yeah. to, even if you get your food in like a, a paper bag or something, like if you got, I'm not saying you go and get a croissant because that's carbs, but you know, if something like that from a bakery, they still have a plastic lining on them. You know, like yeah. the, the the cardboard containers at McDonald's. They, I'm, I'm not saying that McDonald's is good food either, obviously, but they all have plastic coating just because, of course, cardboard would just soak up the fat and we get wet and it just falls to pieces. So there's plastic literally on all of that stuff and. Our ancestors did not have access and, and didn't even know what it was. It's, it's such a modern invention. Yeah, and that tells, me, that, that tells me we don't know the risks of it yet. Like we, we, we see it as being, oh, that's a good material because it doesn't like break apart in water. It doesn't melt in the sun. So that's yeah. good enough to use. But that's not good enough to use if it's got problems with it. And these toxins are absolutely horrific. I totally agree with you on that. There's an amazing in Germany that I used when I used to work um, as a as a chef uh, in a in a little pub, and I used to do soup for Sundays, and I used to put these uh, get these soup containers, and they were all 100% biodegradable, and you could you know they held, and um, I looked into it. I don't know off the top of my head what they're made in what they're made out of, but they were all made out of um, biodegradable materials that were not overprocessed, and, and they were so good. They're still going now. There's a great company. Oh, okay. I and mean, things like that have got a huge future ahead of them, I think, because the biodegradable factor is a real issue with the planet as well, isn't yeah. it? And to have plastic around for like thousands of years is just horrific thinking of the landfill problems we're going to have with that. So, yeah, certainly that's important. And just um, just on that one there then, so you said about environmental factors like fuels and whatnot, and of course, petrol, um, fossil fuels are the basis of plastics as well as they are like, you know, uh, but fertilizer as well, what people don't realize quite often is yeah. if they say they want to go for like, you know, a plant-based diet, well, actually there's a natural cycle with animal manure being used as a very natural, well, not just natural fertilizer. It is the fertilizer we've had for millions of years. Mm -hmm. If you start having less or, you know, less access to that because you're getting rid of animals, you have to use fossil fuels. So you're literally using oil to fertilize yeah. your food that you're eating. Now, I don't know if, if people knew that, I think they'd be horrified, wouldn't they? It's also the herbicides, pesticide side of things as well that we're, that, that are getting sprayed on the foods and things like that. And and uh, yeah, people people don't understand, you know. And and I I don't want to like, I don't want to say that society is like getting dumber or anything like. That. I don't want to be rude, but you know, like people are just starting to kind of take the opinion of others as being you know like without doing you know that without researching them themselves i mean it's all very good that i come on here on or on these podcasts or we make these things and i say you have to or you should do this or you should do that but don't take also my word for gospel go and do some research yourself and it just so happens that i've done a lot of that research and I, I, it is backed up by science, but people, they, they take something and they go, Oh, Oh, meat's bad for the planet because of the, the, you know, the methane and all this kind of stuff. But they, Oh, I'm going to eat a plant-based. So I'm going to eat this product, which, cause I like my burgers. So I'm going to eat this or whatever. Um, but I'm not going to look at the ingredients or the fumes that that factory produces on the planet to yeah. get to the same product that a poor old cow 
It doesn't do any, you know, it's, it's crazy. And then when you look in the pesticide side of things as well, um, and I said it to a, um, one of my clients that I've got at the moment, I said, if you have a citrus fruit and you add lemon zest to your recipe, you're having a lemon keto lemon cake or whatever, and you grate, pick up a lemon from the supermarket and you grate the zest over it, that's waxed. That's sprayed with pesticides. Yes. And you're yep. spraying, you're spraying, you're scraping that all over your food. And that's the whole of the outside is covered in it. And it is permeable as well. This, the, you know, the skin is still permeable like our skin is of the food. So it still gets inside the food and we're all told to wash our fruit and vegetables and things like that. But washing them doesn't do everything. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah, do everything yeah. we need. So we have to eat. I know it's expensive in the UK, in Germany, it's in France, it's expensive to eat organic or grow yourself because I'm sorry, but growing vegetables is easy. It is so easy. I've done it for years, you know, and if you don't have the space, you know, not to go off on a tangent here, but there are at least you can, you can subsidize some things by growing your own herbs or radishes and things like that, that you can, you know, to, to get your health, in yeah. check rather than eating these you know crops that are sprayed these the, the, the with pesticides and things like that because also which is quite interesting i don't know about the uk but in germany a potato is not classed as a food until it's out of the ground so therefore the oh. pesticides and herbicides that they put on that plant is not classed as a food because it's not out of the ground yet and you can't see the potato wow. So basically, oh my word, I didn't know that. That's scary thought. Because, and the plants and the soil get absorb all of these things from the pesticides and the herbicides, and they get sucked into the food itself. And that's not good for you. But it's it's not just that. It's also when you look into animal foods as well, for the antibiotics that they put in the feed, for the soy that they're feeding the cows. You know, that's why we say you should go grass-fed and flat. So it's like a whole massive area that you have to look into. Um, health you know, uh, um, environmental toxins, uh, on your food. It's, it's not just, you know, your skin, it's your food as well. It's massive. Yeah, it is massive. So, you know, remember <laughs> I said on the food episode that people talk about the macros a bit like calorie in calorie out sometimes just about numbers. Yeah. And then you said, well, actually, no, it's the quality of the protein, the quality of the Absolutely. fat, yeah. but actually it's also this stuff, isn't it? It's the toxicity yeah. of what you're eating as well. And if it's toxic mm. or not, if it's clean, if it's got, if it's infected with, uh, these horrible things and actually just to go on to that topic a bit further then. So, and I know we talked about this a little bit of food, but actually there are toxins in some of the foods as well, not just added by humans, but like you said about nightshades and gluten, uh, lectins yeah. and plant toxins generally, they are also some foods that have higher toxins that you might think are benign. In fact, the world we're in now tells you that plants are the most friendly thing ever. They don't mention that actually plants have only got one defense and that's toxins. Otherwise yeah. they get eaten and they don't exist anymore. So can you just talk a bit about like how that affects our health as well? Yeah. So <clears throat> what people don't realize is that the, the animal's defense system is either running away or to stand and fight and to fight with claws or teeth. Um, and plants don't have that. They're rooted into the ground. They're living things because they have to live. That's how they grow. That's how they survive. They live. We all know that plants live as well. Um, so they need to have its own defense system and lectins. And like I said before about oxalates, they are some of the plants main defense systems, um, uh, for, 
for basically defense. I mean, you can't eat all mushrooms, can you? So, yeah, you know, it's yeah. not just the color. It's not just the color that, uh, that we should avoid and things like that. Like, um, you know, like you, you can't eat these, these mushrooms, the ones with the red bodies with the white dots. Um, no matter how you want to get high, you can't, you can't do it. So, um, <laughs> thanks for the tip. Well, <laughs> but you've got to avoid these things <laughs> and that's one defense mechanism that that mushroom has but others have different things they're sticky they smell for mushrooms it's quite easy to identify um i'm i'm quite quite into um foraging and i like going mushroom hunting but you've really got to be careful but it's also like the lectins they they're not digestible and they just like i said they bind onto the nutrients and they 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 void you because when they grow, they suck all of the, you know, all the nutrients out of the soil, all the goodness comes out of the soil um, that then you have to put in there artificially. And that's what lectins do to the body as well. They suck out all the goodness because they want to continue growing. Um, and the lectins right. just, they, they, they kind of absorb all of those good things in the body. Um, they can give you digestive issues. Um, there was, I know this is a, like a, a really um, far-fetched example, but kidney beans, for example, um, there was a, a case of a little boy 10 years ago or, or a little bit more. The, he had four or six raw kidney beans that he ate and he died. What? A massive, a massive, like far, far away possibility. And I'm not saying that everyone is going to die for eating, um, for me in raw beans, but you shouldn't eat raw beans because they're so high in lectins. They can poison you. I didn't know that. So you actually cook them to break them down to yeah. make them slightly less toxic. Yeah, but they're still you like I always argue all the time with people like green beans, and they say, "Well, green beans are okay because of the 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 small amounts of lectins inside there." But what what I say is because it's very hard as a coach or an influencer to turn around and say to someone, "Yes, you can have green beans or peanuts because peanuts are bad for lectins as well." But they've also peanuts are full of aflatoxins which are dangerous as well um but it's really hard for for a coach to turn around and say yeah you can have green beans but they are super bad for you so that's why i rule green beans out completely um right. as part of the legume family so it's just easier to, to also block that because if you have so for example if you have green beans once every two months you're going to be okay do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, but if you, if you say, if I say green beans are okay, then the next thing is, it's going to be keto. Kev said green beans are okay. And it's going to be three meals a day. Someone's going to have dramas with lectins and peanuts are exactly the same as well. I know there's so many people that use peanuts because they're lowering carbs, but I really try and avoid peanuts because of the aflatoxins inside there. And, uh, you can get aflatoxin poisoning as well. There was also cases of children overdosing on peanuts, um, for an Af and, and having aflatoxin poisoning, which I also go into a, a little bit better in my course as well. Um, but they're, they're these defense mechanisms as well. And, um, the storage of these things as well, the storage of peanuts creates a mold and aflatoxin is a mold. So it oh. creates this mold, um, which you can't get rid of. And it's how they're stored when they are first picked where this aflatoxin, this mold, um, starts to create and starts to, you know, to, to grow and you can't get rid of it. So, wow. I've heard coffee's got that problem too. Actually, I know they roast coffee, so they try to roast it off, but actually it doesn't mean it's all gone. There can actually be a real problem with toxins actually yep. inside because that makes sense. Doesn't it? If you take anything like a plant, there's going to be bacteria, there's going to be mold spores. There's going to be a lot of life there apart from just that one bean. 
or you know whatever it is you're picking and actually of course it lives inside it so it's it's growing and that's bad for us that's fascinating i didn't know that um just aware of the time we haven't got a massive amount of time left in this episode and i want to talk about fasting because um fasting is something that has been a massive revelation to me and in terms of the autophagy, the cell repair, and I think that's what you said earlier on, you talk, you talk, you sort of touch on in the course. Um, fasting can be one of the best health things that any person can do. And it could be the thing I like about fasting, and I, I will let you talk, I promise, is that <laughs> it, it could be four hours for somebody is the first time they've gone that long without snacking, uh, which is a ma- it could be a major deal for them. There's people yeah. in the, in the, in the group that I run, um, a UK low carb group. We call ourselves the Wolf Pack, and we did up to five days fasting, just water in that five days. Some people did 16 hours, some people did a day, some people did f- full five days like I did. But I must admit, it was it was one of the healthiest states I felt like I was in. So um, how do you approach fasting with people, especially if they're new to it and it's something they've never done before? Fasting is a very controversial topic because um, people say that you can't fast and you need to eat five times a day and all that kind of rubbish. Um, yeah. It's just a load, of, it's a load of rubbish. It basically is. Um, and they say that you are void in your body of, um, of food and nutrients. And, you know, there are societies around the world that, you know, are running out of food or countries in the world that run out of food. And we look at those people and we say, well, they don't eat a lot. So why is fasting good for you? And that's what someone said to me once. They say, well, look at the people in Africa. They, they don't eat a lot and they are not healthy, are they? And I say, oh, you've got to look into it in a different direction. So fasting, basically, when you look in the dictionary, it just means the abstinence of food or water food and or water. So that's what fasting is. So right now I am fasting because I'm not having anything to eat with or drink with any calories. I'm drinking water. It's got no calories, but that is fasting. So I'm doing a a wet fast. So I'm adding liquids. So that is basically you are fasting any time between your last bite of food and your first bite of your next meal of whatever it is. Now, most people can't handle long fasts straight away. So I recommend that you need to approach fasting on a slow basis. So wait until it comes naturally. So start off with three meals a day, like we've always eaten anyway, like in modern society, we've eaten breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then the, the most easier option is to remove breakfast because People sometimes are not hungry when they wake up. So they extend their fast because you fast in your sleep. And then people say, well, am I fasting because I'm sleeping? Of course you are, because unless you're sleep eating, which <laughs> maybe some of us do, I don't know. You know, it's like you're going to extend your fast. And all you've got to do is extend your fast as long as you can without you becoming in any pain. That's the most important thing. So if you start to have hunger pains, and and also I dive into this in my course, there's a difference between hunger pains and physical cravings of hunger, right? So and 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 um, mental, you know, neurological um, pains of hunger. So you should fast as long as possible until you actually want to eat food. That's what you should do, Um, and then you can start to extend that a little bit more. And once you are used to doing something like two meals a day, or then one meal a day, then you can start looking into longer fasts. Anything over twenty-four hours, you're looking at super autophagy, great health. And I also break it down what happens 
from when you stop eating all the way until you start eating 72 hours later in the course as well. So we touch on a lot about, you know, what's the best things, but then also what we talk about is the best things to break a fast with. And that's also, Oh my God, this is okay. I'm going (laughs) to confess something to you now. So we did um, the first time I did a three day fast with a guy called Aranda, who's come on the show. He's really great guy in my group. And he led me through a three-day fast and I started eating like, you know, I think his little bits and bobs. I had a bit of an upset stomach. After the five-day fast, I was ridiculous. I had some, um, from a local Indian takeaway, some lamb chops, which had like this lovely curry sort of paste all over it and chili. Oh my God, my stomach was really, really not happy after that. So (laughs) the refeeding is so essentially important to get it right. What's your technique on that then? Well, when I, when I break a fast, cause I don't do many, uh, extended fastings because, um, the longer I fast, the more I find that I can't train and I like training more than I like fasting. So I don't mind doing like a morning training session when fasting on, um, you know, like fast, fasting 16, 18, 20 hours and then training, but anything more than 20 hours, then I don't like it. So I tend to break my fast with, um, either fats or proteins. If you break a fast with carbs, then you're telling your body that that's your primary fuel source. Yeah. It was meant to be said that you should break it with fat because then that is going to be your fuel source. But now new science, I say new is in the last two or three years has saying that you can break it with protein as well. One of the best things to break an extended fast with is actually bone broth because it's got fat and protein in it and it's easy on the stomach. And if you are going to break, if you're going to have anything longer than 24 hours and you're fasting longer than 24 hours, you need to, um, start off with a smaller meal or a broth. And then an hour later, have your main meal. So just have a few calories to get your stomach used to digesting again, because it's had a long period without it. Um, and also like you don't really in nature, I'm all up for, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with fasting, but, uh, in nature, you wouldn't have such a longer fast, um, a longer fast of those kind of hours, you would have more of a, you know, 24, 48 hour fast if you were hunting for food and stuff like that. Um, or you pick up berries and things like that on the way. But um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Really- I think as well that the electrolytes are so important on that, aren't they? So when you're having your yeah. bone broth, it's salty. That's going to make you feel a lot better as well, which is really important. Um, okay. So I just want to say though that we've just covered health and that's been absolutely fantastic. So this series, if just to remind those who are listening, it's key to health and we've done food, fitness and health so far. What's the next topic coming up then, Kev? Next one is going to be well-being. Well-being. Fantastic. Um, I can't wait to go into that. Just a bit like health. I didn't really know what to expect, but that's some really, really important topics there. And just for those people who want to do your course, whereabouts can they find it, Kev? The course is uh, available online and it's on my website, which is www.ketokev.com. Fantastic. And where can they connect with you personally? You can get me on my Facebook group, which is Keto for Health, uh, or just type in Keto Kev um, on Facebook and it will come up with, with all my different sites. Great. And his phone number and his address is... No, I'm joking. <laughs> Honestly, that all is anyway. <laughs> there you go. My, my, you, phone, you can... my phone number is is on my website i think so oh there you go so you have that sort of contact as well just don't do it between the hours of like midnight and six in the morning i'm sure well i just want to say a massive thank you for that kev i've learned so much again and i really look forward to our next week which is the well-being episode um and then after that we've actually agreed we're gonna do a live so if you have any questions for kev 
um, and you want to find out more about the course generally, it'd be a great opportunity. We'll be announcing dates kind of nearer the time, um, but we'll do well-being next week and then a live episode with Q&A. So you can actually put your own questions to Kev as well. Well, you take yep. care, Kev. It's been a real privilege talking to you again, and I'll speak to you yep. next week. Yep, see you next week.